0: Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong.
1: Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting, in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. Today I'm delighted to welcome to the show Barbara Hand Clow, author of a number of outstanding books, probably the best known being The Pleiadian Agenda, and her latest book, The Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, is a very important book for anyone on a spiritual, conscious path. I've been studying metaphysics for 30 years and, and her book has really brought all the bits and pieces together for me to understand how this bigger picture fits together, I had the luxury of spending a day on each dimension uh, which make up the chapters in the book, to really get a sense of of, of each one and, and it was so um, enlightening for me to to get a sense of each of these dimensions and and how they work individually and how they they fit together so Barbara, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Good morning, Peter. So perhaps we should begin by, by by getting you to give us an overview of each of the nine dimensions so that we can get some clarity for our listeners.
2: Okay. And I'm so glad that you experienced it by doing one each day because that's what Jerry and I recommend as teachers, and it's amazing what people experience when they go ahead and do that. And so what we're talking about here is a system um, that involves nine dimensions of consciousness, which we as humans can access. Um, This information came in through the Pleiadian agenda in 1994-95, and they said at that time, a long time ago now, that all of us on the planet would need to access all nine dimensions of consciousness by the end of the Mayan calendar, and so here we are. And so the dimensions, basically, and these are dimensions that our consciousness lives in, it's just that we don't necessarily, um, we're not necessarily aware that that's what we're doing. So the first dimension is the iron core crystal in the center of our planet, which orients us to the very center of Earth and consciousness of Gaia, and then also connects us to all the cosmic realms, because Earth, of course, is connected to everything in the cosmos. Then the second dimension is called the telluric elemental world, and it's the world of consciousness and energy that's between the iron core crystal and the crust of the planet. So as we um, live here on the surface of the planet, the second dimension is the field of energy that's right below us that goes um, down to the iron core crystal. Then the third dimension's real easy. It's on linear space and time and most of us understand that we're in a given place at a given time. It's a real easy one. Um, There's teachings in the book about how to enhance our dimensions such as indigenous teachings working with the directions um, and astrology, for example, but all of us understand the third dimension easily. The fourth dimension um, is in many ways the most difficult dimension for us to handle. And the fourth dimension is, is the collective mind, the collective consciousness. And what happens with the fourth dimension is it formulates out of the thoughts and feelings of all of the humans on the planet. In this case, the plants and animals are not actually involved with this realm. Their realm, their realm has more to do with the second dimension. And for us as humans, our collective thoughts and feelings coalesce into a dimension called the fourth dimension, And because it's the collective thoughts and feelings of all of the humans on the planet, past, present, and future, by the way, this also includes the Akashic Records, um, because it's the the aggregation of all of our consciousness, it then tends to polarize and dualize into dark and light, positive and negative. This is the whole realm of, of the great myths which explore the issue of the dark and the light. And most of us know this dimension, but we also struggle with this dimension. And this dimension is not physical, as the first three dimensions are, but it's palpable to us. Then when we move through the fourth dimension and when we move through whatever um, duality or polarity we're struggling with at a given moment in time, whatever judgment we're dealing with, then we move into the fifth dimension, which is the opening of the heart. And this is dimension of unconditional love which most of us are quite familiar with, then when we move out of the dimension of unconditional love and the open heart, we begin to move into the world of geometry, which is the sixth dimension. So the sixth dimension is a geometrical realm that holds all the forms and ideas of the things that exist in the third dimension. The third dimension and the sixth dimension are very connected. Then once we move through the geometry, the geometry then transmutes into sound. And the seventh dimension is the dimension of sound, which first of all transmits consciousness into our earth. Like in the Bible, for example, um, God said that the word um, caused the forms. And this all fits very much with those kinds of ideas. But when we move into the seventh dimension, we're not only receiving the sound, from very high creative levels that then creates the geometry, that then creates the unconditional love. But we also are connected to the cosmos by means of the seventh dimension, by means of sound. Then when we move beyond the seventh dimension, we go into the eighth dimension, which is the realm of divine consciousness, you can call it, god-goddess if you want to. And this is the whole realm of very, very high um, spiritual consciousness, which ends up creating the sound, which then creates the geometry. It's the source of creation. And then the most interesting thing about this material, which again was channeled back in 94-95, the Pleiadians are saying there's a dimension higher than the divine level of consciousness in the eighth dimension. And they're saying that the ninth dimension is a dimension of time. In other words, the Pleiadians are putting time all the way up into the ninth dimension, which is a fascinating idea. And regarding the ninth dimension, this is the most complicated one because the ninth dimension is the location of the Mayan calendar. And right now we're going through the latter stages of our evolution being triggered by the Mayan calendar. So the ninth dimension is really complicated. You could probably ask me a million questions about that
1: one. Well, I think one of the most challenging uh, elements of this is time itself. And so if if it is indeed a a um, time-activating dimension and and it's connected to the Mayan calendar, perhaps you should uh, help us a little bit to understand how that works and how it fits into our world.
2: Yeah, and this has been the biggest journey for me regarding this material because once I channeled it back in '95, then I had to figure out what it meant because I didn't know what half of this stuff meant at the time. So they said that the Keeper, that that is the consciousness that holds the ninth dimension in form, they said that the Keeper is Zolkin, And, of course, I knew at the time that Zolkin is the 260-day Mayan calendar. But it wasn't until I discovered um, Carl Kalamon's research on the Mayan calendar in 2004 that I understood um, what the ninth dimension is about. And so, in in fact, the reason I wrote a revision of Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, which just came out, was because I had to integrate the ninth dimension. It it shifted the whole book. And um, what Kalamon discovered is that time is the driving force of evolution itself. And what Kalamon found in the calendar was um, nine underworlds of creation, which started uh, 16.4 billion years ago. And the most interesting discovery by Kalamon is that time has been accelerating since it first began, 16.4 16.4 billion years ago which would be the Big Bang and it has been accelerating since then and now as we're coming to the end of it we're at the point of very, very rapid time acceleration so the ninth dimension, in other words right now, is in a, a, a mode of very intense time acceleration and which I also detected astrologically this spring. We actually had a major um, time acceleration this spring that could even be detected astrologically so we're in crisis mode now, and we're in high time acceleration now, so that we're all of us are looking for for new techniques to handle um, our personal reality and our individual selves in the middle of a, just an extraordinary um, shift on the planet
1: so with your with your experience of of having these dimensions revealed to you, uh, we might as well talk straight away about about what we can do to to feel relatively calm and and comfortable and secure in this time frame.
2: Yeah, and each one of us has our own piece in that. Some people are doing organic farming and working with alternative energy, and some people are birthing or whatever everybody's doing, but my piece in it is that I've been integrating astrology with Kalamans theory. I've been doing that on my website, handcloud2012.com, where I do all of the new moons and the seasons. For example, we just experienced the summer solstice, And what I've experienced, Peter, which was quite a big surprise to me, I started doing the website in 2001. The 1999 time acceleration hit, which, which is the beginning of the galactic underworld. We're in the middle of the eighth acceleration right now, called the galactic underworld, which is 1999 through 2011. And so when that whole thing hit, to me it was like a speeding train that was just carrying me crashing through reality. I had no idea what that, that force was until 2004. So I started my website at that point, doing new moon astrology and seasonal astrology. And then once I integrated, the astro- see, astrology is cyclical. Everything just goes around and around and around with the planets and with the moon and with the sun and all that. And so it's, it's, it's a repetitive, um, uh, it's not totally ever totally repetitive, because if you look at it in terms of the stars, you never get the exact moment in time. But basically for us as humans, it's a repetitive um, uh, process that's causing us to deal with deep emotional stuff, anger, creation, whatever we're inspired to do. And by combining it with time acceleration, I got an entirely new um, view of astrology, which is really bearing fruit at this time. Because since the spring equinox this year, we actually went through a, a, a period of a triple time acceleration. Which, which this, Now, this is subtle stuff. It doesn't mean that your car suddenly went three times faster this spring. But um, what's happening is, is that the amount of, of, of material and ideas and consciousness that is, um, that is affecting each individual has really, really tr- uh, tripled during the spring. And now that we've come into the summer, what we're doing is we're starting for the first time since the spring to be in a position to integrate um, some of this consciousness. It's very, very extraordinary consciousness that's coming in. It has a lot to do with our ability to be in contact with spirit. It has a lot to do with our ability to um, reflect on ourselves and improve our character. It's actually a really cool energy, but but I will have to admit as an astrologer, the more
1: you understand the quality of it, the better you do with it, for sure. So Barbara, we're just coming up to to our first break, and and we'll continue with this uh, fascinating discussion afterwards. Uh, This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
0: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
1: at 8 a.m. Pacific for The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Bacilli, Radio to Thrive By.
0: How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTong.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tongue. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. Just a reminder for you to visit my website, www.petertung.com for all of the information and all of the shows that have been uh, archived for your benefit over the last few months some absolutely wonderful shows and also for my ambassadors of light program uh, where we're bringing people together on a conscious path to help unite in the one chalice of Light, at uh, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and it is a critical time in in human development and consciousness and i have with me barbara handcloud today who is giving us a a wonderful insight into how the dimensions that exist for us to connect with and understand, connect through into her understanding of astrology. And before the break, break, Barbara, you were just talking about how this is unfolding right before our very eyes. So so please continue. You mentioned the the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. Continue Mm -hmm. on and and what what we can expect to see in the next few months and, and couple of years.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, we need the larger context, which has fortunately um, been given to us by Dr. Kalamon. And so we need to understand where we are in the galactic underworld. Um, What Kalamon found in the calendar was that each one of the underworlds accelerates 20 times faster than the previous one. And then once a new underworld um, kicks into gear, then it tends to process the issues of the previous underworlds. So to put it into context, um, we've got three underworlds before the one that we're in the middle of right now that we're we're processing at the current time. One of the underworlds is 102,000 years long, and this underworld represents the point when we first really became human and started burying our dead and creating art. This is the Paleolithic period. Then the next underworld, um, and also these underworlds are a division by 20. So that underworld is 100,000 years long, Then the next underworld is 5,000 years long, and it started um, around 3,116 B.C., and it represents the development of history and the development of theocratic um, state culture. Then the next time acceleration came in 1755, which is the industrial underworld, and this is when we entered into time acceleration by means of developing industry. So those are the three issues that we're, that we're processing right now. And then when we get into the galactic underworld, the way the time acceleration theory works is that the, each one of these underworlds is divided into um, 13 divisions, uh, seven days and six nights. And we don't need to get into that because it's kind of complicated. But at the current moment in the galactic underworld, we're in the middle of night six. And using time acceleration, we can look back into these three underworlds to see what we're processing during 2010. So where we are in terms of timing is that during the um, 100,000-year-long underworld, um, a culmination of development in in that underworld, it's called the regional underworld, came about from about 23,000 to about um, uh, 14,000 B.C., and then what happened on our planet was that's called the global maritime civilization. And as a matter of fact, we had a highly developed maritime civilization on our planet around 15, 20,000 years ago. And then that civilization was destroyed in a series of cataclysms that go from like 14,000 to about 11,000 um, years ago um, up to about 9,500 B.C., So in my case, I've been watching to see what was happening with those cataclysms in the past, because those cataclysms in the past are being processed at the current moment. So much to my utter astonishment, the Kalamans theory is so extraordinary in what it can reveal. We were resonating with the 9500 B.C. cataclysm, which was the biggest one. There was a series of them, but they culminated in a gigantic cataclysm that even affected our solar system. And we were resonating with that cataclysm by time acceleration exactly when the oil spill occurred. So first of all, we're resonating with ancient cataclysms, and the oil spill is certainly doing a good job of getting us to resonate. Then in terms of the historical period, um, during 2010, basically the middle of 2010, um, when the oil spill happened, we also were resonating with the inquisitions in European culture. Um, that period of just the sort of ultimate attack on the personal liberty of the individual. And then, in terms of the um, under the, the 1755 to 2011 underworld, the industrial underworld, we are resonating with the period. When corporations took control of our human reality, so those are the issues that we're resonating with. And so then, when I go into the astrology, what I'm looking at, looking for, is how does the astrological factor affect the kinds of problems that we're, we're dealing with right now? So to sum it up, what we're in the middle of right now, because of um, time um, acceleration is we're in the middle of the collapse of the reeling colossus called America as Empire. This involves the Inquisition, this involves the papacy, this involves um, corporations, this involves past cataclysms. And so the field that we're in the middle of um, from the spring was an enormous time acceleration and dissemination of all of those issues in our minds and in our reality. And I think probably most people can resonate with this. And then when the spring solstice, the summer solstice occurred a few days ago, what what's happening now in our reality, Peter, is that um f- like forms and structures are locking in to the planetary field. And I'm just watching it happen, you know, I'm just observing the planets. And so for example, what I was looking for with this solstice, I was looking for some kind of event that would end up being a major shift that would end up really changing reality. And so astrologically speaking, what popped up was the, um, the, gen- the American general McChrystal. Um, because of aspects to the solstice chart and Sun Square Uranus and Jupiter Square Uranus, what I was looking for on June 21st through the 23rd was some kind of really big shift that would end up changing everything. And so based on what actually occurred and the astrology and time acceleration, the Americans have really had it in Afghanistan. This, can re- this is really clear by means of the astrology. But then where it gets really interesting is, is that we um, are going through a series of a couple of eclipses. One of them um, was June 26, and the second one is July 11. And the June 26 eclipse is, is going to lock in whatever you've got going on. So first of all, at the governmental, societal, economic level, um, Obama has really put himself in a very bad path by continuing with no changes. Th- this astrology is saying change, change, change. And it's saying if you don't change, you're going to get locked into a formation that you aren't going to be able to get yourself out of. And so that's the sort of general field. And, of course, the the war in Afghanistan isn't the only thing, but it's a really big deal because it's America's attempt to be the empire and then pull in all the allies into this game. And, of course, as far as Canadians are concerned, very few Canadians um, support this war. So then what happens with that grand square, it's called a Grand Square Eclipse on July 26th. Things are getting locked into place, and whatever gets locked into place It's not going to be very easy to change it. And so as far as individuals are concerned, this is where we draw back from the the larger field and we make the changes that we can make. And this summer, solstice and then these two eclipses are an absolutely fantastic time for changing your consciousness, changing your character, changing the way you handle things, we have to change as individuals because ultimately that's what's going to change the greater whole.
1: It was really interesting that people may not know this generally, but in Canada there was a similar incident uh, with... uh the American general with uh, the head of the CSIS, which is the Canadian spy agency, revealing things <laughs> which were somewhat yes, strange. I know about it. It was great. <laughs> so again, I think it's part of the same thing, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, because because as we know, the Canadian the Canadian guy who was in charge of the um, the surge in um, Kandahar, lower s- southern Afghanistan, um, basically got caught with his pants down, and um, got fired. And usually, this is one. Usually, this is the way war ends. I'm I'm not much of a believer that war ends because people are seeking peace. I think war ends because people get exhausted and because they get caught with their pants down. Historically,
1: yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you mentioned in passing the oil spill, and so let's go back to that for a moment because mm-hmm. you're saying this is a reflection of of these other. Uh, underworlds coming through to this current moment. So let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so, so the amazing thing about being tuned into Kalamon is month by month, month, I'm looking for things that resonate with the past. So we got ourselves to the point of 9500 B.C., and um, it, actually those cataclysms were really more like 14,000 to, you know, like 90. In other words, they went, o- they went on over a couple of thousand years. And I was just literally amazed. The very moment we got to the big cataclysm, the oil spill occurred, the oil volcano occurred. So what, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it, it means that it's probably going to be much bigger and much more disastrous than anybody really understands at the current time. Um, it, fr- from the point of view of time acceleration, this would indicate the actual um, ex- issue of extinction of, of species on the planet and potentially the extinction of the human species. Um, just just looking at it from the point of view of time acceleration. But the other thing that goes on with this Mayan calendar factor is that events happen in order to trigger us into clearing the old stuff that, that has been stuck in us. And so I wrote a book back in 2001 called Catastrophobia, which was my exploration of how earth changes affect human consciousness. And I came to the conclusion when I wrote Catastrophobia that our biggest issue back in 2001 is that we went through a series of cataclysms, cataclysms which science has really not described very well to the public. And so the public is filled up with memories of ancient cataclysms that they basically don't understand. It involves the fall of Atlantis, it involves the loss of a high civilization, it involves the breakdown of um, civilization, and all of us are carrying around some pretty deep fears and complexes. So basically I came to the conclusion that we're a multi-traumatized species that's waking up. And waking up would involve facing the interferes and facing the issues coming from cataclysm. And And also it's not just the cataclysms themselves, Peter. Now we're resonating with about 8500 B.C., 8 to 8. 8500 BC and after the cataclysms we had about 3,000 years of survivalism
1: and Barbara sur- we're actually coming up to our next yeah. break so let me just interject there and I'll get you to continue with this after the the break it's a fascinating dis- yeah. discussion this is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation
0: Be Extraordinary 7th Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Are you looking inside yourself for your talent? So many of us ask that question, but some of us just don't know where to look. You need to converse with your inner wisdom. You need to redefine your talent and put it to use. You need to have a conversation with yourself. Every week, your host, Joyce Anderson, will help you take the steps to jumpstart your talent and show you how intuitive wisdom can become your GPS on the highway of life. Conversations with Yourself is broadcast live Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension, 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tung. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. I'm having a fascinating discussion today with Barbara Hand Cloud. So, Barbara, it seems to me like we're we're under a sort of a massive post-traumatic stress disorder for the whole of humanity.
2: Yeah, and people are acting like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see something like um, the war in Afghanistan after after the issue of the Russians being in Afghanistan, um, you have to ask yourself: Does anybody have any sanity left at all? Um, there's such a small tendency to go forward into creating realities that are going to serve our future on this planet. And these are all signs of of a post-traumatic stress disorder where a person or a culture is just completely blocked because there's inner fears and inner consciousness that have not been um, handled and processed. So, So the oil spill is really pushing people's buttons in that sense. Now, I've been teaching about the cataclysm and the issue of, the, of, the, of us being a multi-traumatized species for about 15 years now, and in that experience, I've been watching people wake up. In fact, um, lately, a bunch of new books are coming out that describe all of the stuff I described in cataclysm, in catastrophobia, but of course, they never mention me. <laughs> Which is fine. But what's happening is, scientifically speaking, now science is starting to actually describe what occurred before. Um, but as, for, for us as individuals, um, we've, it, we do better if we understand that these issues are deep and intense and very threatening to us. And we, we get a lot further if we deal with ourselves, because really, as you know, the only person that you can change is yourself. And then at the next level of kind of collective consciousness, one of the things that's really fun about observing the astrology is the astrology does show um, how the awakening is unfolding in, in a very, very clear way. So back to this June 26th um, grand square eclipse, um, what that eclipse was about was, um, I'll just give you a few um, key concepts. Because you have a grand square, you have four elements that are operating intensely simultaneously. And I won't give you the planets and all that because it's just too complicated. But basically these four elements, June 26, were imagine a new world, shake out angry people, deep change now, and we can't survive unless we align with our planet and care for the Earth. So that's the basic issue that that grand square set in place. But what it did was it locked a form into place, which is causing everybody to struggle with those particular issues. Then what happens two weeks after that is there's a total solar eclipse on um, July 11th. And what happens with the total solar eclipse is the grand square is gone, and what's left in that eclipse is, is an a astrological form called a T-square which is Saturn um, opposite Uranus-Jupiter squaring Pluto. And so the T-square the on July 11th tells us where the energy is going regardless of what anybody's doing. And that energy coming in July 11th is creating tremendous structural tension for new forms. And then in the middle of all that, because Pluto is up at the top of that T-square, Pluto is just going to tear up the old order, period. So you can see from an astrological point of view how dangerous it is for people to lock in during late June and early July instead of moving forward and changing it. So what that means for each one of us individually is that we need to allow that change within us. And, And by the way, another thing about astrology is the planet is very holistic. And in order to sweep away all these old blocking forces, such as corporate disasters like BP, we can't say British Petroleum anymore, and um, and wars like the war in Afghanistan, um, it's highly likely in mid-July, around the time of this solar eclipse, that there will be hurricanes or volcanoes, earthquakes, solar flares, it's highly likely that the planet will be responding in the middle of July in an extremely elemental way. And so when faced with that, because when this sort of stuff happens, we all respond to it in our bodies and in our emotions and in our minds. Um, In the face of that, in July, we all have to start remembering how sacred we are and how sacred our bodies are. It's very, very important um, to, wake, to wake up individually in the middle of this type
1: of um, breakdown. Which, of course, is a challenge to do when you, when you shift into some sort of survival mode.
2: Yeah, you, yeah you, you don't want to shift into survival mode, although we're going to be resonating with that survivalist period. Um, back in 7,000, 8,000 B.C., and we did survive, and we did rebuild civilization, and it came back, and now we've arrived at this moment that we've come to now. Um, and, And by the way, Peter, one of the big questions lurking behind all of this stuff would be the question of, are we on the verge of the end of the world, or are we on the verge of a breakthrough into a new level of evolution? And everything that I know, Kalamon's work, my own research, and everything I know about this planet, we're in the middle of a breakthrough to another um, level of consciousness on this planet. But when you break through at that deep core evolutionary level, then all of the old anger, all of the old fear, all of that stuff is coming up. It has to be like that.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about some of the positive things that are happening to support this. Mm-hmm. And I know next weekend there's a, there's a a very big focus for a lot of people across the planet on a, what they're calling conscious convergence, which is mm-hmm. a, a pre-wave for the Final level of the Mayan calendar. Could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, Carl, uh, Carl Kalamon has called for a global um, meditation um, celebration um, and, and that people can. First of all, in order to tune into this, you can uh, tune into Kalamon.com. and then in my case, um, I already uh, arranged to teach um, at um, the uh, Edgar Cayce Institute, ARE in Virginia Beach, a couple of years ago. Greg Braden and I are both teaching a workshop there so what we will do in our case is we're teaching our own work but we also of course will call people's attention to this and so people are going to be going to various sacred sites they are going to be creating various kinds of gatherings and the idea here is to create a group mind and creating a group mind is very powerful at a a time like this because first of all you focus um, your consciousness on a higher potential instead of getting all stuck in the fourth dimension struggle between dark and light. And then because people do it as a group, it affects the planetary field.
1: And so perhaps we could develop this forward then from, uh, from July, because we, we shift into the um, seventh day of this level in the calendar uh, in November. That's so is, is all this heaviness likely to start shifting at that point?
2: Um, well, first of all, the nights. What we're doing is we're, we're processing all this stuff during night six, which which ends um, November second, November third, and then in November third we, we go out of day. De, excuse me, we go out of night six and into day seven. And day seven of any given underworld, and this is day seven of the galactic underworld, is the point when the whole um, uh, work of the whole underworld culminates. And it bears fruit at that point. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what's the galactic underworld all about? This is the underworld that started in 1999. And I think it's very, very obvious that the galactic underworld is about becoming one by means of technology. So we've been going through various stages with different kinds of cell phones and Internet and all the different ways that we've linked together. And then as we go into day seven of the um, galactic underworld, I expect to see real breakthroughs in, in mass communication between individuals. I mean, the easiest way to image this would be to think of a point with the Internet where the power of the individual communication between people Exceeds the collective control to such a degree that finally people have to stop things like the war in Afghanistan because people have discovered a group mind. And you, you and I, I we can see pieces of this. I've been watching pieces of this come together now for basically for ten years. So there's two big shifts coming soon. One is the, uh, the movement into day seven, which will enable us to really gather the power that we've been working on since 1999 as individuals. And then what happens during 2011 is we have one more time acceleration. Now, do we have a minute here, Peter, so I can yes, do, th- do yeah, this We Yes, right? we have a
1: couple of minutes, Yeah.
2: Okay. In order to understand this time acceleration in 2011, let's go back to 100,000 years ago when we were moving in a very slow, paleolithic um, life with nature. Then, 5,000 years ago, civilization began. Bang. All over the planet, Sumeria, Egypt, Mesoamerica, And if you tune into your own body, you can feel a shift into the civilizational underworld. Then, in 1755, industry took over, and all of a sudden, um, people were moved out of the village and into the factory, and we were going faster. Then, in 1999, technology took over, and we sped up and started fusing. And then, um, in March, early March 2011, we're going to accelerate 20 times faster than we were in 1999. And if you tune into how you can feel those past accelerations, then you can see that what's going to be happening in March of 2011 is we're going to start moving into oneness and illumination, and we're going to start to flow as a species moving into the next level of evolution.
1: Something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one time, and we're, coming, we're not quite at a break yet, but we're coming up to it fairly soon, but one thing I'm fascinated by is, is the, the October 28th, 2011, when, when, according to Callum, this all comes to a conclusion right. relative to the December 21st, 2012, uh, 2012 date. Right. Can you enlighten us there?
2: Yeah, when Kalamon studied the calendar, um, as you can imagine from what I just described to you, having the dates exactly right is really important. If you're really trying to resonate clearly with a moment in time, you've got to have those dates right. And so when Kalaman investigated the calendar, he discovered that the Mayans tweaked the calendar slightly at Palenque around 700 or 800 A.D., and then, um, it, because they tweaked the calendar slightly, in other words, their shamans who were using divination and studying time very much the way I do, um, discovered something was a little bit off and they tweaked it. And there's a little argument going on among the Mayan calendar people about this. But what I would like to say about the change of date is that it would have been so much easier for Kalamon to just leave at 2012, wouldn't it? And, and I think we need to discuss that after the break, what about okay. 2012, what about 2011. But Kalamon could have just left it at 2012 and created the whole thing that he created. Um, we wouldn't be resonating with what he had to say the way we are because something would be off.
1: So it was very and this, this is actually a good time for us to take the break, and then yeah. we can continue with this really important discussion because... Lots of people have been asking me this this question, and and I didn't really have a a, a solid answer, so I look forward to hearing your reply in a moment. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
0: Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
1: As a new world age rapidly unfolds, join host Doreen Agostino and world-changing
2: physicists, scientists, doctors, and evolutionaries on Align, Shine, Prosper. Tune in for accurate knowledge based on leading-edge physics and science to expand awareness of the new human experience. Awaken beyond the dream about what you are not.
0: Align with inner truth shine light of new perception and prosper as ordinary transforms into extraordinary invite others to awaken with our seventh wave aware community
1: every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific 5 central 6 eastern time
0: How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. Just a reminder to check out my own website, ww.petertung.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. As Barbara was mentioning earlier, this movement towards a group mind where people on the conscious path and awakening people can come together and share their their thoughts, their awarenesses, their heart-centered experiences to raise our vibration and consciousness. Barbara, before the, the break, you were talking about the 2011 October 28th date and the December 21st 2012 so i'm dying to hear what you have to say about that
2: yeah well um first of all back when i discovered a the idea his essential idea just fascinated me about the calendar actually explaining the different phases of evolution because this implies that the mayans thousand fifteen hundred two thousand years ago knew about our long journey from a single cell all the way through to complex humanity which is a fascinating idea so then the second thing was, fortunately, I was in a position to test Kalaman <laughs> because being an astrologer and being a diviner on a very deep level, um, I would be able to test his dating um, by, by following it astrologically, which is what I've done since 2004. And when I see things like the oil spill occurring on the very day a resonation of the 9500 B.C. cataclysm, it just stuns me, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So, so first of all, I have obviously adopted Kalaman's timing, and I'm using it to understand the unfoldment of reality. But then the next question will be, will be well, okay, first of all, what's going to happen in 2011? Well, um, Kalaman and I both think that we're going to move into kind of a concrescence of enlightenment, a sort of um, step up in evolution that it kind of like uh, P- uh, Teilhard de Chardin's um, Omega Point, And then the question would be at the end of October, once we've kind of moved to this omega point, which after all could just be the gathering together of the consciousness of only a few million people on the planet while the rest of the planet goes on the way it has been until the whole thing grinds to a halt in in terms of materialistic destruction of our world. So we're not saying everybody's going to change in 2011, because that's absurd. We're, what we're looking for here is an evolutionary code, uh, kind of a strain of new awareness that will be our future. So then the question would be, let's assume that as of October 28, that happens, and something entirely new is going on. And Kalamon says the time factor won't exist anymore. Well, that gets to be extremely interesting, because from my perspective, and this is where Kalamon and I differ, he's not interested in astrology at all. Um, But as an astrologer, ultimately, I resonate very strongly with the seasons and with the lunar cycles, and they aren't going to go away. And so what I see going on in 2012 is an entirely new reawakening of the, um, the understanding of the seasonal forces. And we could do a whole radio show just on the seasonal forces because the powers that we actually have as humans when we work with the seasons are extraordinary. And we can see that with the megalithic cultures where, you know, you go back like seven, 8,000 years ago, people used to really take this stuff seriously. And the ultimate season is the winter solstice because the winter solstice is the return of the light. Um, so I expect the winter solstice of, of December twenty first, twenty twelve, to be an extremely important new planetary um, seasonal festival. Festival is the way I'd put it.
1: Wow, that's an interesting perspective. Mhm. And so, so what happens between October twenty eighth, twenty eleven, and December twenty first, twenty twelve, on the planet?
2: Um, the celebration of the four new seasons on an entirely different level. And this this is a whole discussion in itself because, for example, if we get into Gnostic theology, the the issue of the issues of the Gnostics and like the Nag Hammadi scrolls and some of the things we've been able to discover about the Gnostics in the last um, thirty or forty years, the Gnostics believed that the Earth, Sun, and Moon were their own astronomical and consciousness factor and then that all of the other planets were another influence on human consciousness. So the Gnostics themselves recognized something fundamentally important about seasonality. And in my case, um, I wrote another book called The Mind Chronicles Trilogy, which travels through 100,000 years of human consciousness. And when I went back over that 100,000-year-long period, um, the, the 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 work with the sun and the moon and the seasons was of critical importance to our species. So I think it's just coming back.
1: Wow. Well, so you're talking then essentially about the solstices, the equinoxes, the new moons and the full moons, yeah. it, uh, where we need to pay real close attention to. Them. Right. In uh,
2: other words, that we're our sense of t- you know
1: Jose Arguez for example called for a new
2: calendar, and I don't follow Jose's system because I don't feel that it's indigenous Mayan um, timing. But he, what he's calling for is get away from the 9-to-5, 24-7 life. And for me, I think the way we're going to return back to balance is through balance with, with these seasonal cycles.
1: Right. Oh, wow. Fantastic. And it's really interesting listening to you talking because obviously we are aware that there are people doing this right now. So there are people pioneering this, this new way of being and this vibrational frequency we need to tune into.
2: Yeah, so then speaking to that vibrational frequency, what does it mean to be nine-dimensional <laughs> when yes, you're, so when to... you're opening up seasonal consciousness? Because of course I'm working with those two elements. And um the, the the again back to what the Pleiadians said in 94 95. The Pleiadians said that these nine dimensions of consciousness would be open fully at the end of the Mayan calendar and that people who don't resonate with these nine dimensions of consciousness are in a sense not going to be be here. I mean, they're not talking about necessarily dying, but it's easy to think of a shopping center with everybody sloughing around in their flippers or what do you call those, floppies they wear on their feet. It's easy to imagine them not being here, if you know what I mean. But if you are here um, and and open at a nine-dimensional level, then, then the question would be what would that be like? And what it involves is potent resonation with the planet herself, which is the first first and second dimension. It involves being fully awake in this dimension, uh, the third dimension, which I feel is um, being attuned to space and time and seasonality and directions. And then it means having a very, very powerful access, and, and uh, not even access is the right word. The deal with the fourth dimension is the fourth dimension is what we all have to master. We all individually have to master the issues of the dark and the light and issues of character and issues of morality, and those are all fourth-dimensional issues. And what the astrology is showing right now is that this summer is a big deal regarding improving character. So one of the things I'm stressing on my website is issues of improving character because I'm a teacher. But then the next thing that happens when we're open to nine dimensions is our heart resonates with the planet. We feel and experience the geometrical dimension, the sixth dimension. Well, what would that be like? When you are in tune with the sixth dimension, you are in tune with your ideal body. And each one of us has an ideal body an ideal form. And the way we get in touch with that is by means of yoga or tai chi or sacred dance. And so when we're awake at the sixth dimensional level, we are flowing in the geometrical realm and then we're responding to sound and we're at one with divine consciousness in the eighth dimension and then we are tuned in at that time evolutionary consciousness level and if when i go back like 10 or 12 years peter i couldn't imagine this happening but what has happened on our planet for example is one of the most complicated dimensions is the sixth dimension And sacred geometry is in the sixth dimension. And so what's been happening in our planet is the crop circles. And the crop circles coming to the fields every summer in England and around the planet have caused millions of people to contemplate sacred geometry. And sacred geometry is complicated. Fibonacci's spirals and Platonic solids and all that. And there are literally millions of people out there who are tuned into that stuff. And then you have to say to yourself, well, why bother? When you get tuned in at that level, you get to be very mystical. And as far as I'm concerned, being mystical is lots of fun.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm so the really glad circles, you, you've been I'm this re- great mystical tune-in, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned the crop circles, because I had Freddie Silver on the show a few weeks ago, who is fantastic, as you are. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's important for you to share with us why the crop circles are so important in relating to these nine dimensions.
2: Yeah, well, we're living in a time of miracles because, because the, these are real, okay? They're sure some of them are fakes and people have tried to screw it up and all that, but these are real. Um, what's happening on the planet is the highest and most complicated levels of higher mathematics and geometry are being deposited on the fields on our planet so that we can enjoy them as art. And the way I got in touch with that, I was a crop circle researcher back in the, starting in the 1980s, and I was walking in Egypt with my teacher Hakim. Um, I w- he, Hakim and I were walking on the edge of Saqqara, where there's there, what goes on with Saqqara, which is one of the archaeological sites. Is then all you see all around it is just desert. So I was walking along with Hakeem.
1: Barbara, I'm sorry, I've got to, I've got to interrupt yes. it. We're coming up to the end.
2: Okay, of the that's all right.
1: I'm really sorry. Um, it's yes, been a it's fascinating okay. discussion. Yeah. But I need to cut you off there, but, but I'm going to tell people to get your book and read it because it's so profoundly important, The Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. Barbara, just give us your website again.
2: Um, HanCloud2012.com for free readings of the seasons and the, and the new moons as we go through to the end of the Mayan calendar.
1: Barbara, I'm really sorry to, to cut you off but uh, we are out of time and it's been a fascinating discussion. We, we need to have another hour's show with you, I think. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, we've had to come to the end of the show very quickly there and abruptly. I'm sorry about that but we're at the end of our time. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Next week, we'll be having a repeat show with Bruce Lipton uh, as this is the last show in this current series and uh, what a great one to finish on. So thank you so much for listening. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.